Hello, this is Rico, and welcome to the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast, a little bit of a special one for April the 3rd. This will be podcast April 3rd, 2016, that is. Uh, this will be podcast 581. This uh, is a guest cast week, so I'm not going to talk too much. I didn't have anyone jump in to do a guest spot this week. Didn't really get anything arranged, and, and uh, I'm always looking for new guest hosts or or people who have hosted in the past. If you guys want to host a show, you got a burning to- topic in your you know back of your head that you want to cover, or you you've been waiting for me to cover it and I haven't, just shoot me an email treksf at gmail.com, and I would be happy to uh, let you guest host. Uh, I usually have a guest host every other week, but this week no such luck. So, um, but um, what I thought I would do is something a little bit of fun thing, and I thought about this. Uh, I guess it came to me yesterday, maybe, or or early this morning. I don't know. I've been thinking about this for a while. Way, way back in uh, the mid-70s, when I was really just getting into Star Trek, uh, watching uh, reruns of the original series, there was, of course, the original series of three seasons. There was an animated series in the mid-70s, but, of course, there wasn't a lot of Star Trek content, really, overall, compared to what we have these days. But one of the things that popped up around the mid-70s was um, a little group. There were a few of these done, I think three or four, maybe five, something like that. I didn't do a lot of research because this is supposed to be an off week for me. Uh, but there were vinyl records, yes, good old vinyl records that came out that uh, had new Star Trek stories on them. There was some music in them. There were sound effects. Uh, but they, I don't believe any of these used the original actors in the roles. But they were kind of fun. The stories were kind of, you know, a little bit maybe not the greatest, a little hokey in a way. But, you know, it, it just reminds me of that time. And what I thought I would do today on this uh, shorter kind of mini cast uh, where I, I didn't really have anything specially planned is I am going to play one of these for you. So you guys might get a kick out of this. If you've never heard it before, it might be a, a real treat. If you've heard it, it'll be bring back some nostalgia. Uh, but the one that I picked out here is the, the title of this one, and you can find this up on YouTube. Somebody has a recording of it, which I'm going to record their recording and, and play that for you. But there's a company called Power Records that put these out. This is from 1975. It was on a 7-inch, 33 and a third vinyl RPM record. And this one, uh, the title of it is called In Vino Veritas, or Veritas, yeah, In Vino Veritas, which basically translates from the Latin, in, in wine there is truth, or, or basically the idea of this is uh, through, through wine or alcohol, truth comes out. So uh, it, it's kind of a funny little title and a cool little title, I guess, in a way, kind of Star Trek-y. But uh, I, again, I thought this would be a real fun thing for you guys to hear so I am going to, without much further ado, I'll play this for you in a minute or two. Um, I'll probably come back at the very end of it and wrap up the show. Uh, but this is only about, uh, I think it's about 15 minutes long. So this won't be a big, long cast. And like I said, I'll come back at the very end. But I hope you guys enjoy this. And I'll be back after I'm done playing this uh, vinyl record <laughs> Star Trek thing from the mid-70s, which, uh, again, I, I'm hoping this is a, kind of a unique treat for some of you that that you may have never heard of any of these before or heard them before. So uh, here we go with In Vino Veritas.
Captain's Log, Stardate 5442.8. First Officer Spock and I have been directed to act as Federation representatives to discuss conflicting claims to the metal-rich, uninhabited world of Star WWB-7. We are proceeding on course to the neutral world of Pomflens to meet with Ambassador Koft of the Klingon Empire and Envoy Vendes of the Romulan Sphere. Enjoy yourself, Captain. I understand Pomflens is a very appealing world, but be sure and let the Klingons and Romulans know where we stand. I'm afraid we won't have much time for the former, Mr. Scott. This is strictly a business trip. Besides, the Romulans agreed to this meeting, provided all participants remain within the confines of the Pomflensian off-planet mission. Which means no sightseeing and no waste of time. I might have known you'd look at it like that, Mr. Spock. Mr. Scott, I did not know you exhibited tendencies towards telepathy. Ah, haggis. Mr. Kyle. Yes, Chief. Prepare for beam down. Are you ready, Captain, Mr. Spock? Ready. Ready, Chief. Energize, Mr. Kyle. Hello. What? And greetings. I'm Captain Kirk of the USS Enterprise, and this is Mr. Spock, my first officer. How fairest thou, Captain? Call me Amalod of the Bureau. I represent the government of Pomflens. Ambassador Koft and Envoy Vendiz await you in the conference bubble. I have been directed to escort you there. You are several minutes late. The Klingon Imperial representative Koft has displayed much temper. Sounds like Koft, all right. The other Federation representative is already here, too. Other representative? Amalor. We know nothing of another Federation representative to this convocation. Dearest me, his credentials appeared quite in order. What's his name? Spratt, I believe. Jack Spratt. Odd name. All Terran names are odd. What is oddest is that we were not told that Starfleet was sending a third observer to the conference. Peculiar indeed, Mr. Spock. I... We're here. Gentle sirs. And I tell you, Vendiz, this is merely another of the slimy, unmentionable subterfuges that the Federation employs to... <laughs> Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, so delightful to see you again. The feelings are mutual, Koft. Yes. Well, allow me to introduce First Officer Cattell of the Imperial Battle Cruiser Avenger. Mr. Spock? Officer Cattell. <coughs> Morning, Vendiz. I almost didn't recognize you. I am not offended, Captain Kirk. It is our claim to the world known presently only as WWB-7 that I wish you and your government to recognize. My assistant, Subaltern Wuonks. Uh, yes, yes, now that we all know each other. As I was saying, just before you joined us, Captain Kirk, the Empire appreciates the speed with which you have acted to rectify this deplorable, unnecessary little spat. <laughs> Hopefully everything can be resolved to everyone's satisfaction with as much speed as possible. Well put, colleague. To that end, I presume to open formal negotiations with a traditional toast. An exceptional local vintage, I am told. I took the liberty of determining in advance that it would be both tasteful and palatable to all of us. To the successful apportionment of rights. To a rapid resolution. To truth. Spock, you enjoyed it. I didn't think you cared for alcoholic beverages. Protocol, Captain, required. Now, to business, gentlemen. 
I'm sure that you, Vendez, and you, Kirk, immediately see that... A moment, Mr. Ambassador. Really, Spock, considering Koff's temper, do you think it wise to interrupt him already? I call your attention to the back of the room, Captain. What are you two muttering about? The back? Oh, I see, Spock. You there. Come out where we can see you. Oh, me? You're the only other person in this chamber. Are you supposed to be a representative from Starfleet? My name's Spratt. Uh, actually, I'm more of a neutral observer. Kirk, what's the meaning of this? That's what I'm trying to find out, Mr. Envoy. Neutral observer, hmm? For whom? Captain, never mind. The Pomplensians apparently accepted him. Let's get on with this. That face. What are you mumbling, Spock? Nothing. Oh, all right. Look, Mr. Spratt, I don't know who you are or what you're doing here. But if you took advantage of the Pomflensians... The notoriously backward people. Polite. That's what I said, wasn't it? That face. Captain, I know I've seen that face somewhere before. Uh, let him stay. He can do no harm. I, too, wish to proceed to a speedy conclusion of the conference. That's right. Go right ahead, gentlemen. I I'm just here to observe. Well, if you and Koft are both willing... As I was saying, gentlemen... It is well known that the Imperial Klingon claim to WWB-7 is totally without foundation, based wholly on rumor and a highly unlikely landing by a drunken scout pilot. It has no real legitimacy whatsoever. Captain, request permission to return to ship. I require a full medical checkup. My hearing appears to be going. No. No, Spock. I think I heard it too. Mr. Ambassador, did you just say what I think you just said? I... I merely said we have no solid claim to the world in question. We don't. I mean... Excuse me, gentlemen, I, I don't feel very well. Vendiz, perhaps you'd better go ahead. If you wish. It doesn't matter anyway, since Romula has absolutely no proof that the wandering prospector who put in our claim to WWB-7 actually made Planetfall. In fact, he probably made the whole story up on orders from... on orders from Great Mother of the Egg. What am I saying? something very peculiar happening here, Captain. It may be to our advantage, however. This might be a good time to state the Federation's position. Since there seems to be some confusion on the part of both the Empire and the Romulan hegemony, let me say that the Federation's claim is valid under subsection 6 of the Treaty of Malb. Of course, everyone knows that the treaty is of dubious legitimacy and... and... Most peculiar. Ambassador Koft, Envoy Vendis. If you two bloodsuckers are agreed, I... You're over, Kirk. However, under the circumstances, I don't excuse you. I mean... Why don't you both return to your ships for a little rest and shoot yourselves? Exalted one, permit me to say that's not a very diplomatic statement to make, especially for an idiot like yourself. What, did you say, Subaltern? Uh, why, nothing, Exalted one. I... I only called you what you are, an idiot. I... I like to place myself not under arrest. Noble sirs, control yourself. Though I know it's hard for members of backward species to... That face! Stop that man! Stop him! Let me go! I haven't done anything! Mr. Spock, have you gone mad? Mad indeed, Captain. Have we all? I don't know what you two are up to, but statements have been made in this room which could be regarded as an act of war. That's because you're so full of hot air that... Captain, before further damage is done to the conference, I suggest everyone keep quiet. Everyone except this person. I didn't recognize him until he tried to slip out. 
Why don't you relax, Mr. Quince, and tell us how you've managed to sabotage this gathering? Sabotage? I have no idea what you're talking about, Mr. Spock. Be assured I will report this to... What did you call me? My name is Spratt. Quince. Coriolanus Quince. I've heard that name before. Somewhere. What does this mean, Captain Kirk? Who is this person? Coriolanus Quince. Mr. Spock, the same Coriolanus Quince who promised to double the grain output of Demosthenes IV and ended up turning the entire crop into gas-producing weeds that made everyone who got near them giggle uncontrollably? The same Coriolanus Quince who planned to quadruple the water supply of the desert world of Quetar and ended up changing the entire existing supply into jello? The same Coriolanus Quince who... The same, Captain. The same. Captain Kirk, would you please explain what's going on here? I know how lazy and incompetent you are, but that is... It's all right, Bendis. None of us may be responsible for what he's saying. This imposter here is responsible for nearly destroying at least three Federation colonies in the past ten years, not to mention numerous other unmentionable acts of destruction. I have simply tried to exercise my talent to make the galaxy safe for the quiet, the peace-loving, the meat... Especially for Coriolanus Quince. Kirk, please? Mr. Quince is a well-known, notoriously known, one might say, inventor of undeniable genius and distorted motives or rather undeniable motives and distorted genius. His intentions are good. His results usually devastating. Oh, well, a little bug here, a little bug there. I've had some bad luck, I'm afraid. Bad luck? Do you call turning the entire water supply of a world into pink gelatin bad luck? There was a polymerization factor involved that could not be foreseen. You have a brilliant mind, Quince. Your trouble is that between imagination and execution, something gets lost. But not this time, Mr. Spock. The drug has proven itself completely successful. Witness the course your conversations have taken. Drug? What drug? Kirk, if this person has poisoned us... What did you do, Quince? I spiked that ceremonial bottle of wine you all found so tasteful, gentlemen, with my clear potion. Clear potion? Anyone who ingests it is forced from then on to tell nothing but the absolute truth. By the Imperial Charter, what a fiendish idea. Kirk, do you realize that if the secret of this drug is made widely known, modern diplomacy as we know it will be rendered impossible? Indeed, governments will collapse. While I don't think the effect on the Empire and the hegemony would be all bad, I agree there are dangers. Obviously, this conference can't possibly proceed to a satisfactory conclusion. I move we adjourn to a future date. I now call a new conference together. Subject, the time and method of execution of a human known as Coriolanus Quince for crimes against civilization. Give him to Romula. There can only be one just end for the perpetrator of such a horrible plot. I disagree. As first to suffer damage, the Empire claims the right. Besides, we can make his passing last longer. Really, gentlemen, I didn't think... What harm can a little truth do? What harm can a little truth do? You were right, Kirk. This person is criminally naive. A little truth? It could bring down all business, all government, destroy the civilized galaxy. Those aren't the things that worry me, Quince. It's the little things. So many personal relationships require, oh, not really lies, but tiny evasions, little subterfuges. You understand? Yes, I understand. Which would you rather have, Quince? Peace and little eyes, or truth in constant war? 
You've got it all backwards, all of you. It's not like that at all. No? Try some of your own potion and then tell me again. I... I'm not thirsty. Give him to me, Kirk, and we'll finish him and his invention once and for all. No. Romula claims the right. I don't wish to have to disappoint you, gentlemen, but Federation law states that as a Federation citizen, Quince must be tried by his own people. I really can't protest, Kirk. You're absolutely right. I mean, the Grenish. You mean despite the Federation's laxity in such matters, you're not going to let us have him, even though it wouldn't be legal and proper? You see, gentlemen, the potion does have its little uses. Bah! I now declare this conference indefinitely postponed. Envoy Vendiz, Captain Kirk, I bid you both a miserable afternoon. The most pleasant scene to you, Ambassador. Ah. We didn't expect you back so soon, Cap. Who's that with you? His name is Quince, Mr. Scott. And if he tells you he can triple our speed, don't let him anywhere near the engines. Captain, I beg of you, let me spread truth throughout the galaxy. Sorry, Quince. Not at the expense of hundreds of millions of misunderstanding lives. It's a beautiful dream, but sometimes dreams and reality don't coincide. Mr. Sulu, I'll resume command now. Lieutenant Uhura, contact sick bay. Dr. McCoy to the bridge. Won't be necessary, Jim. I started up as soon as I heard you were beaming back. What happened? Tell you later, Bones. What do you know about advanced truth serums? A little? Why? Dr. McCoy does not have the experience necessary to discover an anti-serum anyway, Captain. Uh, never mind, Bones. It seems we won't be needing you after all. Nothing personal, Doctor. I know you could do it, but I was able to say otherwise. It appears, Captain, that the effect of the drug is only temporary. I knew those protein chains couldn't be that stable. What is this, some kind of a game? I've got work to do, Jim. Sorry, Bones, it was no game. Speaking of instability, we still have the question of what to do with Mr. Quince. I've been considering that very problem, Captain. I'm afraid we're going to have to let him go. What? We can prohibit him from manufacturing his clear potion, but no one was injured by it, and there seem to be no harmful after effects. Therefore, he has committed no crime. What about ruining the conference? We cannot prove that the conference collapsed solely because of his potion. I see. All right, Quince, you heard Mr. Spock. You're getting off lightly this time. But I'm warning you personally, and you better know I'm telling the truth, that if you show your face anywhere in my patrol sector, I'll serve you up to Koft and Vendiz. Mr. Sulu, escort our guest to the brig. We'll release him at our next planet fall. Come along, Mr. Quince. You'll hear from me again, Captain. I'll be back. The galaxy hasn't heard the last of Coriolanus Quince. I'm going to save it in spite of itself. I'm going to... What do you think, Mr. Spock? Have we seen the last of that pest? No, Captain. I'm very much afraid that he was telling the truth. Testing, 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 testing. Okay, I'm back. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, that uh, play of that record. Uh, it um, there's a good website that breaks all these down. There's about 23 records in all. They re-release these uh, audio stories on several of the records, so there's a lot of overlap. 
but uh, that obviously, uh, that story was a little humorous more than serious. Uh, and the, uh, the troublemaker character was certainly a play on either like Harry Mudd or Cyrano Jones from Trouble with Tribbles. But I thought you'd enjoy it, and it's a little nice blast from the past. There's a whole bunch of others on YouTube that you can listen to as well. All right, uh, I'm going to get out of here. Like I said, this is going to be was supposed to have been a guest week, but <laughs> a couple of th- things. You can always check out patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi to support the show. Or go over also to my Vimeo site for videos, vimeo.com forward slash Trekkie to see all those. Next week, I'm going to be looking at the films of Ralph Abakshi. That's next weekend's podcast. And the week after that, the 17th of April, is going to be a, a look at the film Silent Running with Mark. And then the end of this month, on the 24th, I'll be here with a look at uh, another look at Trek fan films. It'll be a video cast. So uh, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this little uh, short uh, show and uh, a look at the Blast from the Past on Star Trek on record, on vinyl. Uh, I have to get some more of those sometime. And, and uh, since I, I am getting a little bit back into collecting records again, so... Uh, that's it, I think. Uh, new computers running well. This podcast is also recorded on the new mach- machine. So, uh, yeah, I'm still uploading and, and tweaking things and getting new or programs put back on it that I used on my other computer. But all seems to be well on that front. So, uh, anyway, uh, take care, everyone. Uh, go see Batman v Superman. Uh, like I said uh, last week, it, it's it's an uh, interesting movie. It's certainly, I think, worth if you're a comic book fan to see it on the big screen uh there's a lot of divided opinion on it that's for sure so uh we'll just leave it at that for now so take care everyone enjoy your week i will talk to you again next week when i'm here with a look at the films of ralph abakshi take care everyone bye-bye you've been listening to for more information visit treksinsci-fi.com Write to Rico today at treksf at gmail.com. That's treksf at gmail.com. Set a course for Earth. Maximum warp. Copyright 2011. All rights reserved. I'm Captain Kirk. Treks in sci-fi. At ease before you sprain something. Your weekly dose of kinky goodness. And entertainment news. This mission would have failed without your help. I won't be speaking. To the podcast where no one has podcasted before. Captain Abassians yet. Not with, we're not done with the Cardassians yet. Not with the strategic importance of that world. Thanks for joining us for Treks in Sci-Fi. Treks in Sci-Fi.